One of the great things about working in an art gallery is that you have time to get to know the pictures well enough to see, or maybe just to imagine you see, what they're really about. Boucher's Young Lady Holding a Pug Dog is a picture which I had looked at for years before I realised what I thought it was actually about. And an historical art collection like this is just fantastic because if you allow it, it gives you a free tour of foreign cultures, cultures not only of our own time, but of many different periods in the past. Often all you need is a little piece of information and you have the key to opening up a whole foreign culture remote from ours in time and place, but all the more intriguing for that reason. So what have we got? Here is a painting which is very small, oval in format, in a beautiful period gilt frame, rather exquisite in its restrained palette of pinks and greys and greens. It was painted by the great court artist of the 18th century in France, François Boucher, and it's a picture which would only have been produced in a society centred around a court. For a long time, the painting was called A Portrait of the Artist's Wife, but there is no evidence at all to support this. In fact, we know that Boucher's wife was a dark-eyed beauty, and this lady has grey eyes. I think it must have been thought to be a portrait of the artist's wife because the image is too intimate to be a portrait of anybody else. It's intimate because it's a picture of a lady at her toilette, This is particularly evident from the white garment which she's got round her shoulders, which is a powdering mantle, or what the French call a peignoir. You have to wear a powdering mantle because when you powder your hair, the powder would otherwise get all over you, and you also hold a cone of paper over your face, incidentally, at the same time, to protect that as well. So Boucher's picture is of a lady who is not yet fully dressed, although quite a lot has already happened in the way of making up. The face has been whitened, and then the cheeks have been rouged, with the rouge fairly high up on the cheeks, as was recommended at the time, as this was thought to lend a sparkle to the eyes, and that was the greatest quality you could hope for in a face. Whether in the theatre or elsewhere, we've probably all seen caricatures of 18th century makeup, which make it look ridiculous. But of course, in reality, it was a great art, and a skillful practitioner could produce results which were radiantly beautiful. One trick was after whitening the skin to add in very, very faint blue lines for veins. Our lady hasn't gone to quite so much trouble, but she has gone to the trouble of placing a patch under her eye, and this is what the French call a mouche. There were different names for the mouche depending on where you placed it on your face, and these names were obviously based on the effect which the mouche supposedly had on the countenance. So a mouche placed in the position we see it in this painting was called l'impassionné, or the passionate. Now we're beginning to get closer to what this painting is really about. If it's a portrait, it's a very special sort of portrait. No society lady would in ordinary circumstances have had themselves painted in their powdering mantle any more than you or I would have had our portrait painted in Jim Jams. Actually, I don't think it's a portrait at all. It turns out there is an entire contemporary literature about making up of the pros and cons of the process of using makeup to attract a lover. Treatises are written on the subject, and one of the themes which emerges is the female art of coquetry, of which making up is a major part, but which is ultimately the art, or the science, of ensnaring a lover. So that is where we come to the dog. As you will see in other 18th century paintings of ladies at their toilette, the powdering mantle was held in place by a ribbon. Our lady, however, 
has removed the ribbon, and this is interesting in itself as it has tantalising implications for the future, but I'm interested in what she's doing with the ribbon. Is she tying it around the dog's neck, or has she already done that, and is she now untying it? Well, the dog is a time-honoured symbol in Western art, and it stands for carnal desire. So are we supposed to think of this lady as unleashing carnal desire? Well, it's possible, but for me... I think it may be simpler than that. To me, the pertinent point is the fact that the lady has the dog under her control. The male spectator must understand that he is no less at risk of being ensnared by the coquette, if not on this occasion, then on another.